So this morning we are uh, we're continuing in our sermon series on spiritual warfare. Uh, we've been in this series for quite some time now, um, quite some time actually. We were, th- we were going through, if you remember the series in the book of Ephesians, we came to chapter 6 and I realized uh, we can't do this chapter in one Sunday and so we've taken I think a couple months <laughs> Uh, but we've taken a, a few breaks uh, the last couple weeks. You've heard from different speakers, um, and so we are now back uh, to this series. And so far, we've talked about uh, the role of prayer in spiritual warfare. We talked about how prayer is what activates the armor of God that Paul talks about uh, in Ephesians 6. Without prayer, it's just words. It's just stuff you put on, and it, it doesn't activate. And so prayer is what activates the armor of God We talked about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and today we are going to be talking about the shoes, the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 10 to 18 again. And so this is what Paul writes in Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, and this is what we're talking about this morning, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Let's pray. God, we just want to thank You for Your Word. Your Word is true. Your Word gives life. It is a light to our feet, our path. We thank You for all that You've given us through Your Word. God, I pray for Your Spirit to move in our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we were up at Camp Mishua for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Camp Mishua is one of the camps that the EMCC uh, runs. Uh, There's two camps. There's Mishua. There's also Stainer. And um, the first week of family camp at Mishua, I was the worship leader for the chapel services. Um, second week, the Tri- a lot of us from Trinity were up there. We had a fantastic time. Even though the weather wasn't the greatest, we got a lot of rain, uh, but we had a great time, um, enjoyed times on the lake, uh, playing games, and really spending quality time with our families, and so it was wonderful. Um, now, for those of you who have not been to Camp Mishawa, I want to explain to you like, about the lake that Camp Mishawa is on. But first of all, here's a couple of pictures. There's a picture of us, quite a few of us from Trinity, standing just very close to the lake in the background there. It's so beautiful. 
when you look at the lake, it's, it's stunning, the, the view of the lake. Um, and the next picture is a picture of Camp Mishwa, the shores of Mishwa. As you can see, there's the sailboats there, um, and then the beach just in the background there. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And when you look out onto the lake, you just see, wow, it's so beautiful. But the thing about this lake is that it has the slimy bottom. You know what I'm talking about when I mention that? The slimy bottom? Okay. I mean, on the beach, they put sand there. So, there's t- you know, when you step into the water and you step on the, the ground there, it's okay. But when you go a little bit deeper, it's like you're stepping into slime, goop, you know. And there's times where I'll be, you'll step in and all of a sudden your foot goes like right deep, right like this deep into muck. And it's just not a nice feeling. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's what the lake is like. I mean, it's a beautiful lake. We had a great time, but the slimy bottom, right? It's just not a nice feeling. There's mussels that stick out of the lake. You could step on a mussel, and there's weeds, and it's not always a, a nice feeling, especially if you're deeper in the lake. Um, and so, you know, when I'm swimming out there, I try not to touch the bottom sometimes. But there were times when I went out with these bad boys on, Okay? I know they look funny. They're gloves for your feet, okay? But they're great. Especially when you're in Round Lake up at Camp Mishua and you're in the slimy part, it doesn't matter. I can step into the slimy part. I can step on a muscle, on sticks. It doesn't matter when I have these on, right? Because I could just go wherever with just having the confidence and peace and knowing that I'm not going to feel any of that yucky stuff on my feet. It feels great, right? I mean, that's what a very good pair of shoes can do for you. They give you that sense of confidence and peace and knowing that you can go in whatever terrain is out there. Think of a time when you went out for a walk. Maybe it's raining outside or it's just after a heavy rainfall. There's puddles. It's muddy out there. What did you wear on your feet when you went outside? Likely you would have put on a pair of rain boots, right? Just think of how you feel or what you think when you're walking out into, you know, muddy, muddy territory and you have rain boots on. It doesn't matter, right? You could just go right through the puddle. You have no worries. Well, up at Camp Mishua, it rained quite a lot. And so the grass, when you step in it, it was like you would sink kind of into it and the water and the mud and the dirt would go into your, go onto your shoes I had flip-flops. I didn't bring rain boots. And so I would step on the grass and you hear the, you know, and the mud would get in between my toes. It's not a nice feeling. So I went into Pembroke and I bought these bad boys. Duckies. Oh, I'm bringing them back in style, Kyle. You know what I'm saying? I'm bringing them back in style. These are great. Once I had these on, it didn't matter. It didn't matter where... I stepped in. I could go into a puddle, into a mud patch. doesn't matter. I didn't think about it. I had confidence and peace in knowing that I can go straight through the grass or wherever and my feet weren't going to get wet. They were protected. My feet were protected. This is precisely what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he mentioned the shoes as part of the armor of God. Now, just to give you a bit of a recap... Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter to the Ephesian church. He was in prison, 
And there were times where he would be chained to a Roman soldier. And it's believed that as he was in prison and he was seeing the Roman soldier and all the battle gear that the soldier had on, the Holy Spirit gave him inspiration to write about the spiritual armor that we need as Christians as we walk out the Christian life. Now, the different pieces of armor, he mentions, again, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, right? the sword of the Spirit. These are you know, all the pieces of armor. And when we think about the armor of God, we often think about those, those, those items, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. And we, don't tend, we tend to not really think about the shoes. Maybe we think, oh, they're not as important, let's say, as the breastplate of righteousness or the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and we kind of we don't put a lot of uh, emphasis on the shoes but the shoes are actually extremely important very important because in roman times the soldier's footwear was crucial it was a crucial piece of armor for the soldier if a soldier stepped on something and he injured his foot that was it He's out of commission. He'd be useless in battle. He would not be able to stand and certainly would not be able to run. Now, in modern warfare, if a soldier injured his foot, he could continue to fight. The weaponry is different today. There's rifles, there's machine guns. It's just a different type of warfare now. But in those days, it was hand-to-hand combat. So if a soldier couldn't stand properly, that was his life. And so knowing that footwear was important, the Romans, they designed a superior sandal, a battle shoe, so to speak, uh, for the soldiers. It was like cutting-edge technology uh, for, combat, for combat of its time. And here's a picture of that, just a basic picture of a Roman soldier sandal there. Um, it had a strong uh, cover on the feet with straps. Uh, the soles were very thick, and actually, they had spikes on it. I don't know. Maybe they were the first to invent the cleats. I'm not sure about that, but they did have that. Now, I was going to wear these, but, I mean, I had to put, what are these? Tacks onto the bottom, just to show you that that's kind of what it was like, I guess. With the, but the, you know, the other end come, came out, so can't can't wear those. Uh, <laughs> But this was kind of like what it was like, right? And so the spikes on the bottom was for traction. And the soles were very thick, so they could step on... I mean, part of the enemy's strategy was to throw different traps, sharp pieces of metal into the ground, so that if a soldier were to step on that, again, he'd be useless in battle. And so the Romans had thick-soled shoes so that they didn't have to worry about what they're going to step on. And the traction that comes from the spikes, they can... They could stand firm in battle. They can face, they can go into whatever terrain was in front of them without worrying about injuring their feet. They had confidence and peace in knowing that they can go anywhere, that they can stand firm. And so when Paul mentioned shoes for your feet, he was saying just as it's important for a soldier to stand firm in his battle shoes, It is important for us to stand firm in our spiritual shoes throughout the battles we face in this Christian walk. 
And Paul writes that the very thing that we stand firm upon is called the gospel of peace, having put on the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That is what we're standing firm upon, the gospel of peace. Everyone wants peace. That's what everyone is searching for in this life. Peace. Peace in life. Peace in our souls. Inner peace. Peace in our minds, in our hearts. That's what we're looking for. And the reason why we are looking for it is because we were created to live in peace. We were created to live in peace. In it, in shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. In fact, the word shalom is very rich in meaning. I have a, I have a Jewish, a Messianic Jew friend of mine. He, whenever he emails me, he writes, Shalom, James. I'm like, Shalom, brother. Peace be with you. We were created to live in shalom. Now again, the word shalom is rich in meaning. It has many different words that make up the meaning of the word shalom. And here are some other meanings. Completeness. Shalom means completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, fullness, rest. Now when I mention those words, how many of you are thinking, I, I need that? I I want that in life, to feel complete, whole, at rest. How many of you could use some rest? How many of you have a longing to experience full rest, complete rest, complete fullness, safety, welfare? We all do because we were created to live in shalom. We were created to live in rest, to live in completeness, to live in peace. That's how God intended creation to be, to live in shalom. But when we look back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, when we read about when God created all things, He created the heavens and the earth, He created us, humanity. He created us to live in perfect shalom with Him. And when we come to Genesis 3, And the serpent enters the picture. It gets all messy, doesn't it? It gets messy. And through temptation, humanity disobeyed God. And through that one act of disobedience, sin, shame, strife, suffering entered the human condition. We were robbed of our shalom. We were robbed of our peace, our sense of rest, completeness. We were robbed of that. And humanity was spiritually separated from God, the very source of our peace and our rest. And ever since then, humans have been seeking peace, searching for peace. And that search for peace has taken us in so many different directions. Drug addicts search for peace. That's what they're looking for, peace inside in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls, peace. But they seek it out through substances. Political and religious extremists search for peace 
by eradicating what they think blocks them from peace. People search for peace and wholeness through materials, things. But it all comes up short, doesn't it? Nothing can give us that peace that we were created to live in, that shalom, that peace with God. Nothing can give, it, give us that except one thing. And Paul writes about it in Ephesians. We look back to Ephesians chapter 2. This is what Paul writes in verses 12 to 14. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, this is awesome, love this, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our peace. He is the one, the only one who can bring us the peace that we were created to live in and experience. That true peace. But the problem that keeps humanity from experiencing that true peace, that completeness, the wholeness, the rest, welfare, safety, is sin. Sin is what blocks us from experiencing that peace. Jesus came to deal with that sin issue once and for all. Jesus came to pay the price. He paid the debt for the sins of the world. Jesus came and his death on the cross was what it took to finally overcome the power of sin and death in this world. The thing that blocked us from experiencing, entering into shalom, Jesus moved it out of the way by his precious blood that was shed. Now we have access to the greatest peace we could ever know. Peace with God. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Shalom with God. This is what our souls are searching for. The God-shaped hole we talk about. This is how it's filled. The shalom of God. When we live in it, when we come to Jesus Christ through faith, we experience it, we obtain it. The peace with God through Christ. Now this peace with God, it's talking about salvation. Once we come to Jesus Christ, positionally, we are at a place of being at peace with God. But how many of you know that there are times in our Christian walk that though positionally, we are at peace with God? You know that you know, I am a follower of Jesus. He is the lover of my soul. He is my Savior, my Lord, my greatest treasure. We know. Yet, In life, we don't experience that peace. How many of you have gone through seasons like that? Where peace is nowhere to be found. 
where peace is elusive. It's almost like there is a force in this world that wants to rob us of our peace. Isn't that true? It's almost like there is a battle for peace. Though we have peace with God, we don't always experience the peace of God. Let me say that again. Though we may be at peace with God, we may not always experience the peace of God, especially when the storms of life hit. The battle for the peace of God can seem utterly relentless. We begin to experience weariness, hopelessness, despair, fear, loneliness, brokenness, all things that block us from peace. Are you going through a storm right now? Are you going through a season where this peace of God is just a concept? It's just words on a page where it's like, I I don't know what that is. I mean, I wish I knew, but look at my life surrounding me. There's storms all around me. Are you going through a season like that right now? Are you overwhelmed in life? Well, let me tell you something. If that's you, this message from Paul is for you. Because when Paul mentions the shoes for your feet, the peace shoes, they're supposed to be worn in battle. The peace shoes are given to us by God for when the storms of life hit, when we are in the middle of a battle. If it's sunny outside, I'm not going to wear rain boots. Why would I do that? The peace shoes, the battle shoes, are for when things get difficult. God gave us that piece of armor armor, so that we can withstand the devil's attacks when he tries to rob us of our peace. The question is, how do we keep them on? How do we keep on the battle shoes? God's given them to us. We have access to it. We can put them on. How do we keep them on is the question. Well, I want to end with this. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read a few more verses, but this is what Romans 5 verses 1 uh, to 5 says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, this, this is what Paul says. Okay, get this. We rejoice in our sufferings. What? We rejoice in our sufferings? Why? 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hardships have a purpose. Now, I know that for some of us who are going through raging storms in life right now, that statement can sound like noise. What are you talking about, James? You're you're saying my hardship right now that I'm facing, where I'm asking God, where are you? That there's a purpose to that? That there's a reason for that? My hardship, my suffering has a purpose? I don't see it. I know that when we are in the middle of a storm, right in the middle of a hardship, a struggle, a trial, a tribulation, we can't see the end. We can't see the purpose. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage you this morning, if you are going through a season like that right now, God is with you in that storm. He has shoes for you, shoes that will help you walk through every path, any terrain that you will face. It doesn't matter if it's rocky, if it's muddy, if it has sticks and thorns on the ground. He has shoes that you can wear to go through whatever terrain you're faced with. God has it. Now, God, although he may not be the one who causes the storm, uses the storm, uses our sufferings, to shape our character, increase our hope, which gives us access to a greater experience of his love and peace. What we need to do then is it's all about perspective. As hard as it may be in the middle of a storm, I want to encourage you. I know it's not easy, but shifting our minds, our hearts, our sight to the Lord it shifts our perspective and we begin to see that he does have peace shoes for us. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. The psalmist in Psalm 121, he's lifting his eyes up to the Lord in the midst of suffering, trial. The enemy is surrounding him. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. From where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He knows exactly what you're going through. In fact, he is with you in what you are going through. God is with you. And something amazing happens when we begin to shift our focus off of our circumstances, off of the storm, even for a moment, and we lift our eyes to the Lord, there's something that happens. We begin to experience these pockets of peace where God begins to just speak. Maybe it's a gentle whisper and he says, everything's going to be okay. The storm's still raging. Everything's going to be okay. I am with you. Maybe he'll remind you of a verse. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, and suddenly the Holy Spirit begins to well up in you. Hope. Peace. Something happens. 
when you shift your perspective. Here's another truth about storms. Storms pass. They pass. Storms pass. The sun will shine again. Sometimes it's hard to see that, especially if the storm that we've been facing has been years. But storms pass. The beautiful thing about the storms is that God gives us the rain boots to go through it. He is our source of peace. He is our peace. He gives us the peace shoes, the shoes for your feet, having the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. God has shoes for you. He has shoes for me. So if you're here this morning and you are experiencing a storm in your life, I want to remind you, Jesus is in the boat with you. He is with you. He is with you in the storm. What is the circumstance you are facing? What is the problem? What is robbing you of your peace? I want to encourage you this morning. Would you take a moment and try to shift your perspective away from the storm, away from the waves and the winds and the, and the trial and the tribulation and place your perspective, focus onto God in prayer. He wants to hear from you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you peace in the midst of what you are facing. I want to end with this passage in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Really, God? Anything? Anything. Don't be anxious about anything. That circumstance, that, tr- that struggle, that pain. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Take it to the Lord. When you do that, you're shifting perspective. Psalm 121 again. I lift my eyes up to the Lord, to the hills, to the mountains, where my help comes from. And what happens when you do that? The peace shoes. The peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. Let me tell you something. Christians have something that the world has no access to. It's this peace in the midst of the battle. We have that. We have that. God has it for you. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I'm going through this hardship right now. I don't know why. I have peace right now. God's with me. I just know God is with me. That peace will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray.
God, we, we come before you today and our eyes are upon you. God, we want to shift our focus, our attention, our affection. We want to aim it at you. You are the one who made heaven and earth. You are the one who made each and every one of us. You know us. You know the very number of hairs on our head. You know what we face in this life. And you are there. Help us to put our focus back onto you in those times when we are going through trials, when we are going through hardship, sorrow, pain, brokenness. I want to just encourage you at this time, just take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe out. I want you to just picture in your mind the problem, the struggle, the circumstance, the thing that is blocking you from experiencing and entering into that peace of God. What is it? I want you to picture that for a moment. And I just want to encourage you at this time to just pray a simple prayer within your heart, just in your heart. Jesus, would you show me where you are in this storm, in this circumstance? Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. That is our confession this morning, God. And we thank you. We thank you that you love us so much, that you walk with us. You are God with us. That you walk with us through the storms of life. And God, for some of us, you may have shown us where you are in the storm. For others, perhaps you will unpack that in the days and weeks to come. But God, I, I pray that you would help each and every one of us see You are, you are my strength when I am weak. 
you are the treasure that I seek, and that, Jesus, you are my all in all. We love you, Lord. We're here for you. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. May the Lord be with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.